welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. God. Uh, One more verse of scripture. We're going to read Acts chapter 1. So just jump back one chapter there. Amen. And we're going to read um, verse number, uh, let's read verse number 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Amen. And that's what we're celebrating on Sunday. But before we get there, I want us to, I want us to be focused together in the, with the right heart and the right mindset of what we are praying for in unity. And so I want to teach tonight for a little while. And I, I, um, sorry if I, if I misled and cause I really thought we were going to continue on with our knowing the will of God. And I really felt this on Monday to go this direction, but I want to I want to teach on prayers for Pentecost, prayers for Pentecost, and that we can come together and pray of like like mind and one focus and one vision. Amen. Let's pray together right now. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence that we feel, for your goodness, for your compassions that fail not. I thank you, Lord, for in this place, There are hungry hearts and there are listening ears. Lord, I pray that you would anoint us to not just hear your word, but receive and do your word. Let it bring enlightenment and revelation, direction and change in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Prayers for Pentecost. Amen. I'm going to talk about uh, 10 things, 10 things that we're going to be praying about. And the reason why I'm teaching, thank you, Brother Lucas. Uh, you know I'm picking on you, by the way, about your spaceship over there. Amen. I'd rather have an, you know, Brother Chase, I'd rather have an SS than, you know, one of these fancy Corvettes. I'd like to have me an old Nova, something like that, all souped up, than sitting in one of them, you know, all computerized vehicles. I like that, I like that, that old stuff that when you hit the accelerator, hair starts popping up on your chest. Just so much testosterone in them muscle cars and trucks. Amen. I was, I actually looked at a 79 Chevy pickup the other day and I thought, I don't think I'll be able to afford to tag it in a few years with all the, the admissions penalties they're going to put on it. Amen. But, uh, uh, as we get ready for Pentecost, I, I want to talk about 10 things that we can pray on it. And I want to teach on it. I taught on it last night in our Woodland campus. And I'm teaching on it tonight. Because as we get into prayer tomorrow, I don't want to, to have to, I didn't want to teach this while we're trying to pray, but rather that while we are praying, we'll be referring to these and we'll be praying them together as a church family. And uh, as soon as service is over tonight, uh, because Brother Garza is so awesome, he's going to have this posted on our members page. You can have these 10 focal points of prayer for Pentecost. We're not just praying it tomorrow night. We're going to pray it all the way through to Pentecost Sunday. And uh, I don't even know if we got a way to 
scroll them through while we're doing the countdown on Sunday for prayer that we can get together in one accord and pray uh, for the same focus. Now, if you don't have or you're not on social media, that's no problem. If you'll see Brother Garza, um, he can text those to you. We'll get you this list because we want you to be able to pray uh, these 10 things. Amen. Pentecost did not happen by accident. It was intentional. And uh, I, I have been around enough to know that a lot of, a lot of churches, and I, I don't want to sound like that I'm trying to pin a medal on our chest, although I am, that a lot of churches have moves of God by accident rather than by design. And it kind of shocks them. I've been in a lot of churches where God really starts moving. And, I mean, they're just like, wow, he showed up. Wow, this is amazing. Because it was like it, they just didn't intend it. One thing, one of the many things that I love about First Church is we come in intending, even on a Wednesday night, for God to move. A lot, a lot of churches don't even do worship on, on midweeks anymore. They just go right into classes because what's well, deader than last year's corn shucks? That's why. There's, they just get up there and sing, and it's just a futile exercise to have people worship. But I love the fact that First Church comes in with their mind ready and their heart ready to worship the Lord because we understand anytime we enter his gates, we enter with thanksgiving. Anytime we get into his courts, we enter with praise. Amen. And, and so I'm thankful for that. But Pentecost did not happen by, by accident. It was by design. Jesus had rose from the dead, and, and some 50 days he walked the earth showing himself alive, the Bible said, with many infallible proofs. And then uh, the Bible said that he goes up on the mountain, and uh, he is uh, being a, right before he is ascended, which I would really, you know, when I get to heaven, God's going to have the ability to, I don't know if it's going to be a remote where you can just rewind it to see stuff that happened in the past that was, you know, um, that was important biblically. Because I want to see that when the cloud came out of heaven and just picked Jesus up and just brought him up into the heaven. You know that was a trip standing there watching that happen. And they had seen some stuff. They had seen the dead raised. Right, they had seen lepers cleanse. They had seen Jesus and Peter walk on water. They seen demons go into pigs and pigs commit suicide because of the demons. You imagine all the things they saw. But when they saw <laughs> Jesus being lifted up on the cloud, the Bible said they were astonished. It's the only time you see this reaction that I can find in the ministry of Jesus from the disciples and Sister Strickland. They're just standing there with their mouths open. Matter of fact, an angel says, hey, you men of Galilee, why, why stand you here gazing into the heavens? They all had the dull look. This same Jesus. But before he left, he said, what I need you to do is I want you to go back to Jerusalem, and I want you to go to the upper room, and I want you to tarry until you be endued with power from on high, until you receive the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Ghost, I'm going to send that to you, but I need you to go tarry. And he didn't say how long it was going to take. He just said, you go wait. You go tarry. Now, some of y'all been in this long enough. You'll know what I'm about to say here. We used to tarry. I remember being a kid, and they'd say, we're going to tarry. We're going to, we're going to tarry, wait on the Lord. And I thought, who is tarry? If this sucker ever show up, I'm going to give him peace in my mind because we'll just sit here for two hours. I mean, thank God. We have some powerful prayer meetings. Don't, 
But I mean, when I was a kid, they weren't in a hurry to go anywhere. I, sometimes I long for the simplicity of those days. I really do. Uh, I, we were talking to somebody the other night. I said, Mike, all we did was church. And I, I know I was talking to you. I was, Monday I was, talk, I was with Bishop Keys, and we were talking. And he said, yeah, we used to do Saturday night singings at the church. He said, we get there at 5 o'clock, and we didn't leave till 10 or 11. He said, everybody in the church got up and, and sang at least one song. And he said, now, granted, like 8 out of 10 was like, you know, listening to a dying coyote in a trash compactor. They couldn't sing to save their life, but it was a singspiration. It was a singing night. Then you had Sunday morning prayer. You had Sunday, or Sunday morning church, Sunday night church. You had Monday night prayer. You had Tuesday night with something. It was something every night of the week. It was pretty much like that for us growing up. And, and uh, we were talking about how, how back then we had nothing. Really, there wasn't much else to look forward to. You weren't getting on Facebook and checking out what was going on. or you, you couldn't stream anything on the Internet or any of that. There was no audio books to listen to. And so um, it, we would get in there and we'd tarry. Our prayer meetings, uh, our prayer meetings often went above past two hours. Uh, with nobody directing it. It was just powerful. We, we would call it tarrying. We'd wait upon the Lord. And I think, what are we tarrying for? What are we waiting for? And then eventually it would show up. I mean, the power of God would just fall in that place. And uh, I think I think we, we need to be careful that we don't lose the art of waiting on the Lord and tarrying on the Lord because Pentecost didn't happen overnight. Pentecost took 10 days, depending on how you believe the Jewish calendar went, but it's most widely accepted. It was 10 days from the time that Jesus had ascended to the time that the Holy Ghost fell in the upper room was 10 days. Everybody say 10 days. That was 10 days of praying, 10 days of fasting. They prayed and fasted 10 days. They were all locked up in the same room, 120. Now, we know that was most likely just counting the men. There was probably at least twice that amount that was in the room. And they were praying and seeking after God. And it wasn't that it took God 10 days to, to move. It took them 10 days to be in a position to receive what God had for them. It took 10 days of repentance. It took 10 days of faith. It took 10 days of breaking up 120 different wills and ideas and focuses and philosophies it took 10 days of getting over 120 attitudes and hurts and offense and bitterness until finally on that 10th day, the Bible said they came together in one place and in one accord. And whenever that measurement happened, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was time. I don't know what it was. But when God saw that they were in one accord of one focus, the Bible said suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. Amen. And that's what we believe can happen even in this building tonight. Amen. When we get in one accord, the Holy Ghost is going to move. When we get in one place and in one accord. So we're, we're praying ten things, amen, that will help bring us into one accord. Amen. Ten things that are going to bring us into one accord. The first thing that we're going to see if your clicker works. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to pray, and it don't. Did it turn off on me? No, it says it's on. Let me turn it off and then back on. Do, do, do you, there we go. Do I have the power now? You've got the power, so I, I can't do it. The first thing we're praying is, everybody say, real repentance. Amen. Real repentance. I, did it go the wrong way? Oh, I was going the wrong way. Everybody say, real repentance. 
Amen. That's what we're praying for. Uh, we are praying for real repentance to happen on Pentecost Sunday. Amen. Not just the guests, but the church folks also. We're praying, amen, that the, um, the initial outpouring in the book of Acts generated a wave of repentance and 3,000 were saved. We need raw conviction to come. We need raw conviction to happen. Amen. We need old-fashioned repentance to happen. Amen. And when we say old-fashioned, you know, uh, I was reading a book, um, uh, I think it was Spurgeon, some of his sermon notes uh, here a while back, and, and he wrote in the 1800s, Brother Chase, he said, we need old-fashioned. And I thought, man, that was over 100-something years ago. How old-fashioned can this get? What... Remember the old song, give me that old-time religion, give me that old-time religion. That was written in like 1907. So how much old-fashioned can it get? Well, we're not talking about old-fashioned as just my grandpa. We're talking about old-fashioned as an origin, where it originated from. So we're praying for raw conviction to come. Now, we're not talking about condemnation. Condemnation does not come from God. And I want to take a moment to distinguish between condemnation and conviction. Who would like to know the difference? Condemnation says, I've messed up and there's no hope for me. I'm a loser. I have failed. I'm not good enough. God can't forgive me. I'm not worthy to even ask for repentance. It's, it's your flesh and the enemy pushing your face into the mud. That's condemnation. And my Bible tells me in Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Amen. But conviction, that's different. Conviction comes from God. Conviction says, oh, you messed up. Now let's get it right. That's what conviction says. Conviction says you can do better than that. Conviction, conviction doesn't push your face in the mud. Conviction doesn't take a baseball bat to the back of your head. Conviction just stirs something. He says, oh, I, I, I shouldn't have said that. I, I, I shouldn't have went there. I, I, I shouldn't have read. I shouldn't have watched that. I shouldn't have listened to that joke at, at work. I, that's conviction. Because conviction says, now I need to take it to God and I need to make this right. Amen. So when we're talking about conviction moving, amen, on Pentecost Sunday, we're talking about people that come into this house and not beat over the head for their sin, but God's presence exposing that we're sinners and drawing them to repentance. Amen. We need the raw conviction to come. We need our, uh, that our lips must be purified with holy fire. The Bible said the angel of the Lord took a coal off the altar, amen, and touched the prophet upon the mouth. Amen. We need that holy fire to purge us. Amen. Our hearts must be softened and melted, then washed in his presence. Amen. So number one, we're praying for real repentance. Everybody say real repentance. Let me say something else. Real repentance isn't confession. Real repentance doesn't just mean I'm sorry. Repentance means I'm sorry and I'm not going to do it again. To the best of my effort, best of my ability, God, I am sorry for my sin. And if you'll help me, I'm going to determine that I'm going to be better than that. And I'm not going to do it again. Amen. That's what we need is true repentance. Amen. Everybody say real repentance. Number two, amen, we are 
praying for total transformation. Everybody say total transformation. We're praying, amen, for, for the church to become the image of Jesus Christ, for a release of power, for miracles, healings, for freedom, for lifting of spirits, for comfort, for wisdom, for understanding. We're praying for a total transformation. Amen. We're not praying that it come to the sinner. We're praying that it come to me. I want to be transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. That's enough, you know, that's something I love seeing around our campuses is that when we have prayer, nobody's, you don't see, hardly see anybody standing around going, well, that's not for me. That's for them. Amen. There, there is such an attitude of hunger toward God that we need to have, that we do have, that says, that's me. Amen. I can preach on the Holy Ghost baptism. And those of you that have had it for 30 years will be some of the first ones in the altar. You want to know why? Because we're hungry for more of God. We want to be transformed by his presence and by his power. We're praying for a total transformation. Amen. I, I'm praying that when addicts come in on Sunday, they leave set free. I'm praying for those that are back depression when they come in on Sunday they that could even happen tonight people that are wrestling with with anxiety amen that the spirit of the Lord can touch it amen that we can be transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost amen amen that's what we need we don't need religion we need an intervention of the Holy Ghost in our lives amen praise God so so say it with me real repentance total transformation Amen. And then the third thing that we're going to be praying for is for compelling conviction. Compelling conviction. Amen. What we mean by that, what we're saying is we want it to flow to believers. Amen. And burn away earthly carnality and birth spiritual awakening us and a spiritual awakening in us that will draw unbelievers to Christ. Convelling, see, I talked about conviction a moment ago. That's conviction from sin for a sinner to repent and to be saved. But this compelling conviction, this is us. I, I want the Holy Ghost to burn away this earthly carnality. I want a new spiritual awakeness in me, amen, that when I walk around, amen, that, that when I'm out in public, amen, that I'm looking for people looking for Jesus. Amen. And so we're praying for compelling conviction. Amen. Uh, number four, we are praying for total transformation. Everybody say total transformation. Actually, already did that one. Amen. Uh, so let, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, we're praying for dry bones to live. Let me, let me pull up my original here. I put this together and... Um, today on this PowerPoint, and this is why I don't do them, because Brother Garza and them are much better than me, and so, um, I'm, amen. We're praying for, uh, number four is not, is not compelling conviction. Number four, we are praying for spiritual renewal. We're praying for dry bones to the ones that will live again. We need a baptism, amen. We need a baptism of the Holy Ghost. We need a baptism of spiritual inspired confidence, not pride, but spiritual inspired confidence, amen. A hunger to be ignited for the things of God. That's what we need, a spiritual renewal. Let those dry bones live again in you. Let the dry bones live again in you, amen. And let 
awaken that passion for praying and reaching the lost. Awaken that passion, amen, for praying with sinners as they come and, and guests that are here that have a need from uh, for God, amen. Number five, we're praying for uh, spiritual demonstration. Everybody say spiritual demonstration. We're not praying for a demonstration of talent. We're praying for a demonstration of the spirit, amen. Spiritual demonstration. We need the original power of Pentecost and the book of Acts. We need an unleashing of miracles, signs, and wonders to happen. Because mighty harvest breaks out when there is an outpouring of miracles, signs, and wonders. Amen? The Bible said that it was in uh, Acts chapter 2 is when the Holy Ghost fell. Um, and, and then in Acts chapter 3, the 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 if you would, the match that ignited the revival of Jerusalem happened when a lame man was healed at the gate. Beautiful. And so, you know, John chapter 3, um, and, and I'll read some of it here in John chapter 3 and verse 1, says that Peter and John were going together to the temple at the hour of prayer. And, and, and they began to see, they saw a lame man that had been laid there because from, from the time he was a child, he was born crippled, and he was there asking of alms. You know the story. You're familiar with it. And the lame man sees Peter and John, and they, he, he says, alms, give me something. And, and uh, then Peter, filled with boldness, filled with the Holy Ghost, looks at him and says, look, look at us. What, what, do you, what do you think that we have? Look on it. We don't have anything. Uh, silver and gold have I none, but such as I do have, I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And the Bible says, and I love this about Simon Peter. The Bible says, Brother Chase, that he grabbed him by the hand. Now, we'd have just said, uh, walk, Jesus' name. I'll be praying with you to walk. I'll see you in a little bit. I'm going to go in here and pray. He had enough faith to grab that feller by his hand and snatch him up. He ain't never walked. He was probably 70 pounds soaking wet. All drawn up. He was an invalid. And the Bible said that there was no even, there was, Brother J.D., there wasn't even a sign of a miracle happened yet. And Peter had enough faith and boldness to grab that crippled man by the hand and snatch him up in the air. Now, that's some faith right there. And the Bible said uh, he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened unto him. Amen. They realized that this wasn't just any ordinary group of guys walking in, but these were people filled with the baptism of of the Holy Ghost that had just happened at Pentecost, the whole city had heard about 3,000 people receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, as was prophesied, amen, by Joel, and was prophesied by Isaiah when he said, for with a stammering lip and another tongue will I speak to this people. They all knew that. They heard uh, them speaking with tongues, and then they got baptized in the name of Jesus. The city was in quite an uproar of 
of this religious and spiritual activity. But when they saw the lame man dancing and leaping into the temple, they were shocked. They were astonished. And a great revival broke out, amen, because they were willing to step out by faith. I am praying that we have a supernatural demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Not just, I thank God for the dancing, and we, we can't really run the aisles that much because it's so crowded, but I thank God for the aisle running and the hooping and the hollering and all that's great. But you know what? I am praying for spirits, for a supernatural demonstration. I want to see blind eyes open on Sunday. I want to see cancer healed on Sunday. I want to see those, amen, that are dealing with depression and suicide be set free. I want to pray that those that have been bound by the hurts of their past will be liberated. How many believe God can do that on Pentecost? Amen. So we're praying for a supernatural, amen, demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm believing God for that. Amen. And so after that, we are praying the sixth thing we're going to be praying for, amen, this is so important, is for courageous evangelism. Because after there was supernatural demonstration, then Simon Peter began to preach. Again, amen. We need, everybody say courageous evangelism. Notice I didn't just say evangelism. Courageous evangelism. Amen. I, hey, look, whatever you can do, do it. Grab some church cards on the way out. We still got boxes of them back there. Hand them out because we got to throw them away in a month anyway. By faith. We're not going to be scratching out with Sharpies, our old address. Amen. Uh, so take them. Get rid of them. Hand them. If, that, if that's what you can do and that's all you can do, do it. But if you can be courageously used for evangelism, that means boldness. Because I want you to see what happened. Amen. After Acts chapter 3, well, let's go ahead and read our focus part of this prayer together. That God will raise up laborers. That God will ignite people to share Jesus with a fresh anointing and passion. Amen. Ignite us, O oh God. Baptize us fresh with the Holy Ghost. Not Sunday, but now. Tonight that we leave here with a burning passion to share Jesus with a lost and a dying world. Because after they had supernatural demonstration, the Bible then said that they were arrested in Acts chapter 4. Great supernatural demonstration. The lame man is healed. Amen. Then you jump over to Acts chapter 4, and the Bible says that they were arrested because of what had happened. And, and here's what I love. The Bible said uh, uh, in verse, uh, let's see, uh, Acts chapter 4, and we're going to uh, jump down. I know they can't switch back and forth on the screen because this is a PowerPoint. You can take notes if you'd like. Amen. Acts chapter 4, and uh, if you go down to about... Verse number five, and it says, and it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and the elders and the scribes and Ananias, the high priest, and Caiaphas, amen, and John, and Alexander, and as many uh, were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem, uh, and when they had set them in the midst, they asked by what power or by what name that they had done this miracle. Amen. <laughs> and the Bible said in verse number eight, then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, 
said unto them, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, that's what I'm talking about, courageous evangelists. Evangelism, Simon Peter didn't, didn't sugarcoat it. He said, hey, it was by Jesus that you killed. But he didn't stop there. Whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved because we need courageous evangelism. Amen. Again, pass out the card, but I'm talking about more than passing out a card and just saying here and, and, and mouth squeaking away, but handing the card and saying, I believe you can be set free if you come to our church. Amen. I, I, I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not afraid to say that you can be set free from addiction in the, pow, in the house of God. You got X everything in this house. You, you got ex-convicts, you got ex-drug addicts, you got ex-alcoholics in this place. Why? Because the power of the Holy Ghost is real. Somebody say, I believe it. Amen. And uh, why can I say that with boldness? Because I are one. Amen. I are one. Been there. Don't say that with, uh, uh, proudly I say that as a testimony of the power of the Holy Ghost. I know what it's like to be bound. And I know I'm not the only one. I know what it's like to be bound to alcoholism. I know what it's like to be bound to meth. I know what that's like. But I also know what it's like for the power of the Holy Ghost to move in. I know what it's like for him to set me free in an instant. Amen. Brother Clifton, I didn't have withdrawals. Amen. I didn't have to go through. No, it was instant. He took it away from me. And I never went back to it again. We need people in Vacaville, in Fairfield, in Solano County to know, amen, that there is a God. Not only is there a God, but there is a church that believes in the working power of that God. We believe in supernatural demonstration, but the only way we're going to get the world to see the demonstration is to be bold enough to share with them the power of God and how he can liberate. Can you say amen? Amen. I'm trying not to preach. I was trying to be all, hold it all together and just teach. Amen. But here it is. The Bible said in verse 13 of Acts chapter 4, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived they were stupid. Now, I paraphrase what it says in the King James is they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They thought they were just a couple morons. Why? Because of their boldness. They thought nobody in their right mind would come to people who has the authority to take your head off and talk to us like that. That let me know Simon Peter pointed that bony, bony calloused finger under the nose of Caiaphas in whose house they tried Jesus and who the high priest that smacked Jesus in the face and plucked his hair from off his face. It was that same Caiaphas that Simon Peter said, you crucified him, but God raised him up. Amen. 
And they thought, you got to be stupid to come in here and talking to us like that. Then they commanded them to go outside of the council and they were having a, 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 uh, uh, they were having a, a meeting on what they were going to do with them. Amen. Oh, let me finish that part of verse 13. It said they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Amen. We need people in our world to know we've been with Jesus. Amen. Not just been with the church, but been with Jesus himself. Our prayer life ought to bring us into the presence of Jesus. Only way people are going to know we've been with Jesus is ready. Don't fall out of your chair. Hold on to somebody. I don't want anybody to faint. This revelation is powerful. I'm serious. Take a breath. I don't want anybody passing out. This is really, really heavy and powerful. The only way people are going to know you've been with Jesus is be with Jesus. I'm not touching it. If you'll go back to where the slide was. Amen. The only way they're going to know that we've been with Jesus is we got to be with Jesus. That's it. And the only way we can be with Jesus is be in his presence. Just take it off and, and I'll, I'll do it myself. Amen. Uh, the only way we're going to be with Jesus is to have a prayer life where we are with Jesus. We need Jesus. We need to have a prayer life that Jesus can speak to us and talk to us. Amen. And so when they saw this, then they looked around at one another and said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? If we kill them, we're gonna, this whole city's going to riot. What are we going to do? And then it was Gamaliel, one of the smart ones. He popped up and he said, well, listen, here, here's what I know. If it's, if it's of man, it's not going to last. But it's, if it's of God, we can't stop it. Can I just brag on Jesus just for a minute? I, I'm almost done. I'm already at number six. We're more than halfway through there. Hey, Amen. Can I just brag on Jesus? I remember we came to Vacaville. I had good, and I've told y'all this before, but we we had good we had good men. Uh, amen. We had pastors that we knew uh, in this district that had been here for years, and they said, "Hey, you know, you know, Vacaville's where churches go to die. Vacaville's where where ministries go to die. Uh, they don't they don't survive that long there." And I thought to myself, "That that's if." we build the house on this. I can't speak for what happened to everybody else, but I know this. If I'm going because God has called me and he has, and we're going to raise up his church and we are, then God is going to be glorified. And it doesn't matter who helps it or who hinders it. God's going to do what he wants to do. And here we are, amen, some 15 and a half years since that day when we went to the board, amen, and they patted us on the back and gave us that long look like, yeah, good luck, and that worked out for anybody, for hardly anybody else. And here we are in the goodness of God and the power of God because this is a praying church and a believing church and a church that, church that believes in demonstration and doctrine. We believe in, look, here we are 15 and a half years later by the grace grace of almighty God. God's allowed us to buy a building, pay it off, and now we're heading to another location. And I believe God's going to fill that one up in short order. Amen. I was talking with Bishop Keys Monday. Brother Chase, if I could have ran, I would, but, but I'd have fallen off the boat and been swimming, and that water's cold. Amen. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm so excited uh, about what God is doing. He's the one I called. He was one of the first ones I called when this building opportunity come open. And, and, and I said, you know, I'm just nervous. You know, we're debt-free. I don't mean it's a lease. We're not buying it. Oh, man, I'm nervous. And, and he had just preached for us on Sunday of sacrifice. And he said, to, he, he goes, well... He said, you really don't got an option. 
I was, that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for, thus saith the Lord. But what I got was you don't have, an, in other words, hey, it's time to cut bait or fish. It's time to sink or swim. He's, in other words, you can't keep trying to make it work where it is. You need to step out on faith. Amen. We stepped out on faith when we came to this building. We couldn't fill this building up. We had services where we were swallowed in this building. But look at what God does. Look at what God does. Look how God, you know what that takes is courageous evangelism. And the Bible said that, that they said, if it's of God, we can't stop it. If it's a man, it won't last. But if it's of God, we can't stop it. And their solution was to beat the snot out of them, and they did. The Bible said they laid many stripes upon them. Then the Bible said something, something so strange. We can't hardly com comprehend what the disciples did because the Bible said they left there rejoicing that the Lord had counted them worthy enough to suffer for the gospel's sake. Amen. Oh, God, I hope that gets a hold of me. I hope that gets in our spirit that, that we don't complain because we suffer for the gospel, but we celebrate when oppositions come. The Bible said that you rejoice in persecution, that you rejoice in opposition. Amen. If they hated Jesus and they hate you, then you're just being like Jesus. But here's the good news. They also received him and he changed the world and we're going to do the same thing in this city. Amen. Amen. Everybody say courageous evangelism. Amen. Amen. Sometimes I feel like I got to put a bit in, in, in the horse's mouth and pull back on that because I'm like, well, I don't want anybody to get, you know, part of me says, well, I don't want people getting too radical. But you know what? Get radical. Amen. Stand on your head in the fountain if you want to. I mean, you know, if you're dressed appropriately. I, I don't get radical with it. Lord, Lord knows we, we, I, I hold, a whole lot more rather tame things down than try to start things up. Amen. And, and God will take care of wildfire. We, we need, somebody say courageous evangelism. Amen, which brings us to number seven. And number seven is, is that we need, and we're going to be praying for a harvest of souls, that God will release a tidal wave of evangelism for the harvest to be brought in, uh, uh, to bring in apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, a five-fold ministry, that God give us the nation as our inheritance because we need a worldwide revival. We're praying for a harvest of souls. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's why we're getting, if you, if you just pardon the expression, that's why we're getting a bigger barn. We need more room to put the harvest in. We're praying for a harvest of souls. Amen. Amen. Number eight. Amen. Number eight is we are praying for a divine intervention. Our nation is in desperate crisis, and we need a divine intervention. Now, listen, I'm not meaning to make anybody mad, but you can like it or lump what I'm about to say. Trump ain't going to fix this. DeSantis ain't going to fix this. You know the joker there now ain't going to fix it because this is not a political problem. It's a spiritual problem. We need to pray, deliver us from evil. We're surrounded by evil on every side. My Bible says to me, it says, if my people, if my people, everything is contingent upon that word, if 
my people, not the sinners. If my, quit waiting for the sinners to start acting right. Sinners gonna sin. Sinners gonna act like we need the church to be the church. We need, we need to vote accordingly to righteousness, but we need the church to do more than vote. We need the church to pray. We need the church to, we need to get action to our, to our words. Amen. We need the church to rise up and fight fire with fire for the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, but the violent take it by force. What if, if hell is going to be bold enough to do what it's doing, then you know what we need to do? We need to be even bolder than hell. Amen. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, repent of their sins, then will I hear from heaven. None of that was contingent upon sinners. It was all contingent upon his people. We need a divine intervention. I'm praying for a holy boldness to get a hold of the church of the living God. Hallelujah. There's an awakening that's happening in this nation right now. There's an awakening. They're calling it a political awakening. And it, and it might be surfacing on the Richter scale of politics. Amen. But we need to ignite it in the power of prayer. Amen. Y'all, listen. I, you know, I'm not going to apologize for this. I'm not going to qualify what I, everything I'm saying, what I'm about to say, because it'd be very easy to push me over to say into a corner and say, well, that pastor's being political. What I'm about to say has nothing to do with politics. Has to do with morality. But I thank God there was enough people, amen, to put Target in a panic yesterday. I thank God that enough people said, we're not going to take our kids into a grooming corporation like that. Where they're going to set out the LGBTQ junk in the midst of the kids section. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Absolutely disgusting what they did. Little toddlers and onesies on there saying I'm trans. They don't even know they got a nose on their face. Trying to, try, I'm going to try to keep it as PG as I can, but, but they are having uh, uh, swimsuits for little boys to be able to hide that they're, that they're really little boys. Did you know that a lot of this, a lot of this stuff was designed by a satanic designer? I got it. It's not even a conspiracy, folks. It's a fact. The, the, the designer uh, of a lot of this is a Satanist designer, and, and it is a collection of pride items. That ought to tell you something right there, pride. Selling a T-shirt that says, Satan uses preferred pronouns. Go, go search, don't take, I always say, don't take my word for it, go research it. This designer out of London, a lot of the things he sells are t-shirts, pins, and ornaments for children. One of them is a guillotine. A guillotine that says, get rid of transphobia. What do you, what do you think a guillotine is? This is a Satanist thing. People say, well, you're not being LGBTQ. For, no, no, it has nothing to do with it. It has to be the fact they're pushing it on these kids. I don't care if you're heterosexual or homosexual or pansexual or trisexual because you try everything. It doesn't matter. 
If you are exposing children to sex, you are a groomer. And they take what was meant for God's covenant with man and use it as their covenant with sin. This designer has shirts saying, sin is good. Go, go research. So many parents, thank God, so many parents said, uh-uh. They started going into Target and, and, and started doing the TikToks and Twitter videos showing this stuff because people thought it was some, some nut job conspiracy that was when they're showing the tags of a Satan's uh, a goat head and, and the horns and the upside down pentagram that's on some of these pieces of clothing the parents started freaking out saying we will not come to Target and Target had to have a corporate meeting yesterday and say okay we're going to take that mess and put it at the back of the store because it was in the children's section this world is wicked so we need a church that's righteous and on fire for God. And again, that ain't being political. That's being biblical. We need a church that doesn't just throw stones at wickedness. We need a church that builds an altar with stones and goes to prayer and say, we're going to have a divine intervention of heaven. We're going to have God move into this situation and God's going to turn our city and our nation upside down for revival. Amen? Amen. Quickly, let me close. Brother Lucas, if you'll come, we're going to pray. Amen. The ninth thing that we're praying for is we're praying for direction. Shout direction. We're praying, where, where does the Lord want to send me? Every day there's a purpose and a soul to reach. Without his guidance, we are unable to discern his will for our lives. We need our footsteps to be directed by God. That's why we're praying, Lord, direct me today. When you wake up in the morning, hopefully read, start reading your Bible and pray. When you get up and read a chapter out of the book of Proverbs, get up and do your Bible reading, say a prayer, amen, but pray this, order my steps, oh God. Send me in the right direction, Lord. Give me courage to be an evangelist in my city and on my job. Spirit-led evangelism is a whole lot more effective than mass market evangelism. And that's not to say either one is wrong, but spirit-led evangelism works. When you walk into the grocery store and you feel the Lord nudging you to go talk to somebody, just follow it. I remember some years ago, we were, I think I was teaching or preaching along these lines. And uh, Sister Chase just left her house one day. Well, I mean, she didn't just like up and abandon everybody, but the Holy Ghost told her to go somewhere. And she started driving. If I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, it's like, well, turn here, go here. And as she just started following the GPS, God's positioning system. Stop here and right there. And uh, I know I wasn't thrilled the fact that she's a woman was out at night by herself, but God took care of her. And there was a man there, and she prayed for a man. They said, well, he's not here. You can't make people serve God. Our job is to give them the opportunity. And right where God told her to go, there was somebody that needed prayer. I'm going to tell you, you need to follow that still, small voice that's going to speak to you. We're praying for direction. Lord, you feel a nudge to go in Taco Bell and you don't even like Taco Bell. Just follow the Holy Ghost and get me a Mexican pizza while you're at it. 
prompting of the Holy Ghost when you walk by a co-worker's cubicle and you feel a check like, well, pastor, I don't know what to say. Here's four words. I'm praying for you. Start there. But the Bible says when he prompts us, he'll fill our mouth with the words to speak. You might see a homeless person pushing a buggy. Go get them a meal at McDonald's. Or, hey, here's one that works for me. Go to Little Caesar's Pizza and get them a pizza and turn on, take it back to them. And just say, hey, I'm praying for you. I don't know what you, hey, our church is over here. We'd love to see you sometime. Say a prayer. My wife did that the other day. Come out of one of the grocery stores and a, a, a young lady was asking for money. She said, I got out here to do some kind of a job and it's one of these kind of a scam jobs. And she got out here and she couldn't do the job and they left her and she ain't got nowhere to live. She's about 23 years old and she's out here from back east and she don't got no money to eat, nowhere to go. And my wife went in. She came back out with some cash and she was gone and she began to panic until finally she found where that young lady was and she gave her a $20 bill and she said I want to pray with you and the girl began to weep as she prayed with her you say well pastor how effective is that she's not here that's not the point the point is being salt and light because who knows that young lady right now might be in Nebraska somewhere on a Greyhound bus and what happened to her is touching her heart in her life and she may be getting in a church somewhere we may never know about it until heaven God direct us. Would you stand with me? Finally, we're going to pray our 10th focus. We're praying for unity. That's what had to happen for Pentecost. That we can become one. Everybody say one. That we can become one. True revival is birthed out of unity. And remember, unity does not come from God. Unity is what we offer to God. Unity. That we will become one. Of one focus. Of one agenda. Of one mind. Here's what I'm praying. This Sunday, God, let your will be done. We're going to have the baptismal tank filled up. As a matter of fact, we got three people that we're baptizing Saturday. Brother Will's getting baptized. Brother Steve's getting baptized. Junior's getting baptized. Amen. But on Pentecost Sunday, Brother Nichols, we need that baptismal tank. They're going to have it ready in, in, in Woodland. Praying that lives will be changed because we need to become one. We need to become one to have one focus of one accord in one place our minds and our hearts set up on the Lord. Amen. Amen. This is going to be one of the last opportunities. You only got about maybe seven or eight more. But if you can and you're able to make your way to the altar, I want us to pray. Tomorrow night we're going to pray these ten points. But if you would come to the altar, amen, we're going to come in as close as we can. We can wrap it around on each side. Amen. You're going to miss this day, I promise you. Some in the future, remember we didn't even have room to move our elbows. We're going to come down here and we're going to pray. We need unity. The last prayer that Jesus prayed over his disciples was, Father, that they might become one even as you and I are one. Even as you and I. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's how much unity God wants in his church. Amen. That we appear as one, that we become as one. 
Oh, hallelujah. We can't have Pentecost without unity. I thank God for a church that has unity. Amen. But I know the tactic of the enemy, and he'll do everything in his power to bring division and discord and offense and misunderstanding. Amen. Because he knows that lives are going to be changed here tonight and even on Sunday. Amen. Would you just lift your hands with me begin to pray? Amen. We're preparing ourselves, the atmosphere for what God's getting ready to do. Lord, use me. Day stars shine down on me. Jesus, shine down on me. Shine down on me. Shine through me, Lord. I want to be a witness to a lost and a dying world. Oh, Lord, I want to be a witness to this lost and dying world. God, give us courageous evangelism. Give us boldness, Lord. Like in Acts chapter 4, after they were beating, they went to the house of God and they prayed until the building was shaken under your power. Give us a boldness, oh God. Give us that courageous evangelism, Lord. Oh God, let there be a baptism of conviction, oh God. Purge our lips with a coal from the altar. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn through us, mighty God. There's life-changing power here right now. Whatever you have need of in this atmosphere, you can receive it. Do you need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost? Do you need a healing in your body? Do you need God to touch your mind? Do you need Him to heal your mind? Do you need to be delivered? Do you need to be filled? Do you need to be changed? It can happen in this place right now. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it, First Church. The power of God is moving right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just lift your hands as a sign of surrender and say, Lord, whatever you have for me, I want it tonight. Whatever you got for me, I want it. I want healing, Lord. I need a healing in my body, God. Give me a healing. God, whatever you have for me, I need you to renew me, oh God. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Do you need the gift of the Holy Ghost? You can receive it tonight. Evidenced by speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. You can receive it tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Winds of Pentecost are even blowing here right now in this service. Oh, you can be set free. You can be changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to pray with somebody. Even if you don't know them, just, just turn to them and pray with them right now that they would be filled with the Spirit right now. I, I speak it. Be filled with the Spirit tonight. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the Word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.